Aha, uh -huh. I knew it. If I'd started with that on day one, when I was like super low, that would have been even more draining. But because I've done little things in the lead up to help myself, these little things have exponentially grown and grown and grown and made me feel much better. It was totally game changing. Hi, Envisioners. Welcome to the Envisioner podcast. This is the podcast where we envision living our best lives by exploring everyday topics related to health, wealth, and community. On today's episode, it's a very special episode because it's my birthday. And um, this episode is actually going to be talking about all the things I wish I had known in my 20s. And it's inspired by a young envisioner who is in her 20s and asked me to talk about this topic so that I could share all of the um, life lessons that I learned in my 20s and the things I wish I had known in my 20s. So today I'm going to share some of the advice I wish I had known that probably would have saved a lot of heartache, frustration, and feeling lost and alone. I obviously don't regret anything that happened because I strongly believe that everything happens for a reason, and so I definitely don't regret it, but I wish I had known some of this advice, and I do hope that this is gonna help someone who is listening, who is struggling with any of these issues, um, no matter what your age, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 60s, whatever, 70s, anyone. So hopefully this is just gonna be a helpful episode and where we'll talk about some of the life lessons that I have learned. Lesson number one, health. Compounding is key. When I talk about health, I'm actually talking about mental, physical, and spiritual health, which I don't think you could have one without the other. What I mean is that mental, physical, and spiritual health all work together to create optimal health and well-being. One of the things I learned in my 20s is that every single act that you take to improve one of these areas of your life can actually compound exponentially and help your overall well-being. The principle of compounding, which is something that I actually learned probably in my early 30s, primarily deals with investments and finances. So basically, it's when you have a sum of money that grows exponentially over time when one repeatedly adds earnings into the original sum of money and interest is regularly paid into that original sum of money. So that's compounding. That's just the general principle. And that's a great lesson, to, I think, to, to learn regarding finances and wealth building. But I'm using it in this context with regards to health. So I think that it can be applied to your mental, physical, and spiritual health with each small action that you take on a daily basis, which compounds to your overall well-being. So a practical example of this would be with regards to physical and your mental health. So let's say you want to be able to go to the gym and run 30, 30 minutes on the treadmill. So on day one, you go there and you run 15 minutes or you walk, walk, run, jog, whatever, 15 minutes, right? And um, day one, it's a little bit hard, but you do it and you feel good after. Now, day two comes around and if you just... If you just add a couple of more minutes, let's say two or three minutes, all of a sudden on day two, you've run a little bit more than you did on day one and you're feeling good and you're like, okay, that wasn't too much of a stretch, fine. Day three, you add another two or three minutes. So now you have added five minutes onto the 15 minutes you started with. And then by day four, you add another five minutes because again, every day that you show up, you're feeling stronger, you have more stamina and you're just feeling like you can take on more, which is great. 
So by day, if you continue to do this little by little by little, action by action, action, exponentially, by day six, you have literally, or with, let's say day six or a week goes by, you have actually doubled from 15 minutes being able to walk, run, jog on the treadmill to 30 minutes. And so that's what I mean when I say every little action that you take with regards to your physical, mental, or spiritual health can actually exponentially improve your overall well-being. Another example is related to mental and spiritual well-being. So I'm giving you examples that I've used myself. So in this instance, when I feel low emotionally or mentally, I know that I need to start taking care of myself first. So I might listen to a positive uh, podcast. I might read some content that makes me, you know, uplifts me or inspires me. And then I know that my state is going to change almost immediately. So then I would have a lot more energy to be able to then let's say set up a virtual catch up or go for a coffee with a friend, a good friend, someone who actually uplifts me. And, and then I would come away from that feeling excited and rejuvenated because I've had, you know, my cup has been filled again. That might spur me on to go for a walk in nature. And then by, let's say like day, then, you know, the next day, all of a sudden I'm feeling like I, I'm feeling just so much more energized and then I can actually do something nice for someone else. Like I could say, oh, I'm going to make my husband dinner because, and again, by doing something nice for someone else, that act of, of doing something nice it makes you feel good too. So then all of a sudden I might say, oh, now I like, you know, cause I'm, I, for those who don't know, I'm a trustee of a charity. So then I might say, oh, you know what? I actually have energy now. I'm going to do some things for the charity that I've been meaning to do for a while. And then again, if I had, if I had started with that on day one, when I was like super low and I was feeling, you know, really, really just not good emotionally or mentally, that would have been even more draining. But because I've done little things in the lead up to help myself, these little things have exponentially grown and grown and grown and made me feel much better. So that's what I mean when I say uh, compounding is key. It's taking action every day, small action every day to, with regards to mental, physical, and spiritual health to actually make your overall well-being so much better. Second lesson, wealth. So this is uh, all about starting to invest now. Now, I'm not saying invest with money. I'm actually saying start to invest time into yourself and your financial literacy. So, oh my gosh, wealth building is one of the easiest things that you can start to do now by simply investing in learning about financial literacy. When I was in my early 20s, I had incurred a lot of credit card debt. And that's very embarrassing to say now, but I had to ask my family to help pay off this credit card debt because I didn't understand what bad debt was. I had no idea about financial literacy. And it wasn't until I started learning about financial literacy and empowering myself to learn about budgeting and how I can pay my credit card off and how I can actually save money, not only to pay to pay things off on my credit card, but also to save and invest. I mean, it was just, it was totally game-changing. And so I really think that if there's anything to learn in your 20s, it's financial literacy. So important. It's really important to empower yourself with knowledge on your personal finances, understanding good debt versus bad debt, how to pay off bad debt ASAP, 
how to start investing, building your wealth, understanding business principles so that you can actually open yourself up to the, even the idea and the concept of owning your own business one day or starting a side hustle. For me, that's it's all about financial literacy. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, one of the pillars of the podcast is about wealth. It's because I understand how significant all this information is. And it's not until I actually fully understood, and I'm still learning so much about it, that I realized how important it is to not only feeling empowered about your finances, but also being able to actually achieve that financial freedom in whatever concept it means to you. So it all starts with investing in yourself first by learning and getting familiar with financial literacy. Unfortunately, there's an abundance of free resources out there that you can access today. You can go to the public library and you can take books out on personal financing or investments. You can search financial literacy, how to invest, diversifying my investments, investing in real assets, and so many other terms and concepts on Google and YouTube. And you'll find You'll find articles, blogs, you'll find webinars, you'll find videos of people who can give you a base understanding. Obviously, of course, you want to fact check these people, actually know what they're doing and what they're saying, and they have a proven track record. You know, obviously, you want, you want to make sure that that's all, you know, correct before you actually take on these people, the, the information from these people, but it is all there and it's so available and it's free. Once you've started to build your knowledge, then I would recommend you can start investing some money you have into additional resources. And that could be buying books that, you know, from authors or industry experts that you actually believe in because you've, you know, read their content and they have a proven track record. And so having those sorts of books in your library at home, and so you always have access to that is, you know, is a great option. You can also start going to seminars, do more of a deep dive into these topics. But again, you really want to make sure that these people aren't just, you know, like snake oil salesmen who, you know, are promising the moon. You really want to make sure that everyone, again, has a proven track record and they're not giving like over promising things. And they're just trying to really just share information that they have and, you know, methods and strategies that maybe worked for them. And once you have that knowledge, then you can start actually considering applying it in real life. So you could start actually talking to a financial advisor to talk about investments and also, you know, other um, experts and advisors who work in real assets or property, gold, silver, wine, art, etc. Then you can also maybe consider, if you're interested, a side hustle or a business. Obviously, I'm not a financial planner or advisor, so please make sure that when you're ready to do these investments, you find someone who's actually certified and give you proper investment advice. But the most important step to investing is actually investing in your time into yourself, to your learning, before you actually start taking money to actually invest. And hopefully this podcast will help you guys with learning about wealth building and getting to grips with various different concepts. So the third lesson is about community and it's those who you surround yourself with is one of the most important decisions you will make at any age, whether that's in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. When I was a teenager, my mother used to have a saying she would always tell me, birds of a feather flock together. 
Now, I didn't fully understand it and it used to annoy me a lot because she prevented me from hanging out with a lot of people because she used to say the saying. But as I've gotten older, I've started to understand a little bit more, what, uh, no, a lot more actually what that means. And most recently, I also started understanding another saying that is often attributed to Jim Rohn, who I absolutely love. And it's, it's the saying says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And this is 110% so true. This means that the people in your inner circle, the people who you speak with, text with, hang out with on a regular basis will actually help shape not only your life, but what you think of yourself and your place in the world and will also impact your future self and all of the opportunities that will be presented to you. I found that if I hang out with people who are constantly negative, gossiping, complaining, angry, etc., this eventually starts to wear, wear on me and I, I've actually started noticing that if I'm around that a lot, my way of thinking starts changing and I actually start reacting like these people in certain situations, which is not good. Now, here's the thing. If I hang out with people who are the opposite, either they're naturally or intentionally try and see the cup as half full, and they always want to learn, grow, push boundaries, and really have a growth mindset, I've, I've then found myself also starting to, you know, think the way they think and speak the way that they speak. And honestly, it's not just the way that one person thinks, it's actually the energy levels that can be affected as well. So I have found, again, people who, you know, make digs and they're constantly chipping away at people or criticizing people, claiming it's banter and jokes, whatever. And even like those who start like, you know, presenting reasons why I might fail at something that I want to do. Even if it's, in, you know, with all good intentions, I have noticed that that can really affect my mood and my energy levels. And I have to really remove myself from those people or else it can really, it can really be detrimental for my well-being. Also, what's really interesting, because when I was preparing for this podcast, I did a little bit of research because I do like my research and I like learning about scientific studies. I actually found some scientific studies that support this, which is fascinating. So I'm going to share these with you. A number of studies were conducted by Dr. Nicholas Christakis and Dr. James Fowler. They studied the spread of obesity, smoking, and happiness in social networks. And they found that people's rates of obesity, smoking, and happiness were significantly influenced and impacted by friends and spouses. So in 2007, Dr. Christakis and Dr. Fowler published their findings from a study of densely interconnected social networks of about 12,000 people between 1971 and 2003. This was part of um, a study called the Fragmentham Heart Study. They found that, quote, a person's chances of becoming obese increased by 57% if he or she had a friend who became obese. And if one spouse became obese, the likelihood that the other spouse would become obese increased by 37%. That's the end of quote. And they concluded that obesity appears to spread through social ties. They did a follow-up study the next year in 2008 on social networks and how this can impact smoking. And Dr. Christakis and Dr. Fowler found that despite overall smoking levels declining in populations, clusters of smokers remained intact 
And they also found that if you have a friend that smokes, you are 61% more likely to be a smoker. And if you have a friend of a friend that smokes, you're 29% more likely to be a smoker. That is wild. Now, they also did, in 2008, they did an additional study on happiness, which I think, this is very interesting because those two, you know, it was, you know, interesting because it was a bit more about behavior. And this idea that emotions and happiness can also be tied to your social network is fascinating. So in the study, they tried to assess whether happiness could be affected by friends and spouses. And what they found was that people who surround, who who are surrounded by many happy people and those who are central in a network of people are more likely to become happy in the future. And Quote, people's happiness depends on the happiness of others with whom they are connected. So for me, reading these studies, I was like, aha, I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. I knew that the people you surround yourself with is so, it can affect your well-being, how you see the world, how you are in the world, and and so many factors of your overall well-being. It's so fascinating. If I could give myself at 20 years old, some advice. I would 100% share all of the advice I just shared with you. That is one, compounding is key to health. Two, start investing time into financial literacy and then start investing your money. And three, be very mindful as to who you let into your inner circle. I'd also say, please don't feel bad about streamlining people who don't align with your positivity, your kindness, and your growth mindset. In fact, moving people out of the way energetically will allow the right people to come into your life. And the right people who come into your life will be those who wholeheartedly are your cheerleaders and you theirs, those who intentionally cultivate a growth mindset themselves and will encourage you to do the same, and those who will find solutions to problems instead of creating the problems. I also love Brene Brown's lesson that she teaches her own kids that each of us has a flame that represents our joy. And you wanna make sure that your friends or the people that are around you are the types of people that will protect your flame rather than blow it out. So get rid of the blower outers now. Now, of course, Sometimes you can't really shake some of the people around you that are super negative, pessimistic, have a scarcity mindset because they are, you know, you work with them on a daily basis or they're part of your family, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's really, really important to carve out time to listen to content or read books that are the opposite to this. So that's content that uplifts you, is positive and has a focus on growth mindset. I'm confident that if you do this and you follow this advice, your values, priorities in life will change for the better and you'll be able to pivot and start living your best life ever. Right, so I have done a couple of these solo episodes so far and uh, some people have told me that I have not participated in the Envisionaire questionnaire. This is the fun feature of the podcast where we ask guests to reflect on their past, present, and future. So I will be doing it today, which is very exciting. This is a bit weird because I'm asking myself the questions I normally ask guests, 
but here we are, we're going to do it. So looking back towards your past, if you could give your 15 year old self any advice, what would it be and why? I was thinking about this question a lot and it actually almost brought me to tears because it was almost like that inner child um, exercise that you do where you look back at yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, you 15 year old, like, oh, you're so sweet, you know, so innocent. And um, the advice I would give myself and I had to write it down because I really wanted to be sure that I shared this very um, wholeheartedly, is that I know you love love so much and you want so badly to be in a relationship because you think it will give you the love you have been missing. Mm. But you don't need to look so much and work so hard for love from men. Try to work on yourself and start loving yourself. Once you do that, everything will get so easy. And I'd also say, you're going to be great in the future. So don't worry. Right. Okay. That's like very therapeutic. I'm healing my inner child. Okay. So the second question, reflecting in the present moment, if you could seek advice from anyone in the world, who would it be and why? So I would, I, 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 I'm sure there's some people who know this already, but I would absolutely love to sit down with not, none other than Lady O. We need to get Lady O on this podcast too. Oprah, to me, I mean, she has so much wisdom to share and she's such a beautiful and generous spirit. I would honestly love to just spend the day with her, talk to her, learn from her, her experiences and work and life and love and spirit and self-development and all of that. I would just, I mean, she'd be amazing. So anyway, Oprah is the, is the guest I would love to speak to, um, or she's the person I would just absolutely love, love to seek advice from and spend the day with, um, cause she's just amazing. Anyway. All right. That's my love letter to Oprah. Future looking. What's one goal you want to achieve in the next five years? So I would, um, I'm going to share something with you guys, which I don't, I, I've only shared with a few people, but we recently uh, discovered that the podcast, the Envisioner podcast is currently top 10% globally out of all podcasts in the world. So out of, I think it's 3.2 million podcasts. It's in the top 10%, guys. This is super exciting. So um, I, one of the goals I would love to achieve in the next five years, hopefully sooner than, you know, than later, is to become in the top 1% of podcasts globally. And I know we can do it. And I think it'd be so great to just get this sort of positive content out to, to help and inspire and, you know, just in any way help a lot of people um, around the world. So Envisionaires, let's try, please, to share the podcast with as many people and um, ask and in yourselves also to rate, review the podcast if you can. That would be super helpful because um, it does help so much with uh, this rating. So thank you guys. Right. Well, thank you guys, Envisionaires, for listening to me. I just love you guys so much. And I just thank you so much for being part of this journey. Um, I'm so excited to see where it goes. And I'm just so grateful for you guys and the Envisionaire Club and just how awesome you guys all are. So please um, do get in touch with me. I hope you guys know you can, can always reach out, social media, my website, everything, all the links are below, but do connect with me and let me know. Like, 
I this podcast is for you guys. So let me know what topics you love. If there's anything that you want to hear of more, like for example, if there's more topics related to health or wealth or community that you want to hear more about. Um, I have been hearing from envisioners. They want to hear about different topics. So I'm really trying to, you know, make sure that the next, uh, the episodes reflect that and the guests reflect that. But I really want to hear from more of you. And so please do reach out. And also like a shout out to Trina. She's always sending me so many guests suggestions. And so I appreciate her very much because she has been super helpful in not only she's a cheerleader for encouraging it, but also suggesting guests as well. And also Larika does that as well. So thank you both. Um, and mom. Anyway, there's so many people. There's so many people. But anyway, thank you guys. And Envisioners, keep it coming. Keep it coming. And also, of course, and then obviously also I have to say Radhika and uh, Kame, who uh, were, you know, have also been super, super supportive and give me great suggestions for the podcast. So thank you guys. Anyway, I'm looking forward to hearing from you all and I'm sending you lots of love and it's my birthday. So I'm going to go celebrate and yeah, but I'm sending you guys lots of love. Mwah.